I want to just talk this morning, as Pastor Armour has already sort of alluded to, and we've actually been singing about this morning, uh, the well of the Holy Spirit. This will be my last sermon in my series on wells. You'll remember we started the year by talking about the well of prayer, the well of the word, and the well of worship. And there are many others we could have looked at, something like the well of fellowship, maybe. Uh, but uh, we're just going to stop it here. I just think I'll be doing a new series starting in March. But I think that today, as we talk about the well of the Holy Spirit, is very important. In fact, I think it's the most important well we could actually talk about. Um, I really do believe that when Christians understand and live according to the power of the life of the Holy Spirit, everything else in our life finds its proper place. Prayer, studying the word, fellowship, worship, work, family life, friendships, all those other things fall into proper place. Now, I hope you remember at the beginning of the year, I sort of challenged us as a church. I don't want us to shy away from theology and deep doctrinal understanding. And uh, it's important to understand, if you will, the theological side of things, but also to be, also understand how it affects us in our day-to-day life. So as I said many, many times, and I'm not the first person to say this, that we need to be thoroughly supernatural and thoroughly practical all at the same time. And so we're going to maybe have a, a two-set two uh, sermon today, maybe two different halves, as it were. Uh, first, we're going to look and dig into the person of the Holy Spirit. What do we mean when we say Holy Spirit? Who are we talking about? What are we talking about? And in Christian theology, that study is actually called pneumatology. Uh, just so you know, I didn't put it up there, but it's actually, it starts with like pneu, like French for tire, air, uh, P-N-E-U, pneumatology, and refers to the study of the Holy Spirit. And so there are people, men and women, much smarter than me, that spend hours, days, years studying the Holy Spirit. And that's good, and we're going to look a bit into what these people talk about and what they're getting into, but it's important that in all your learning, you don't get lost, you don't lose the experience. And uh, I would say that it's very important, and you probably have heard me say this through the years, and it's just come back to me again for 2021, I believe God is a God of balance. Not a yin and yang sort of Eastern mysticism balance, but God, uh, very often when you find things and people who are doing things extremely, God brings them back into balance. And so the same thing as I talked about being supernatural and practical, and the same thing with study and experience. Now, probably the biggest in North America, and I'm not going to speak for anywhere else because I don't live anywhere else, but the biggest threat to the church in North America is people who lean too much on experience and are not paying attention to doctrine, sound doctrine, and good theology. And we've lost that balance. Uh, it is, as we've often talked about, that's what leads to people worshiping uh, men, and, uh, men and women in power, celebrities, politicians, whatever it could be, even preachers, and so on and so forth. Um, and so uh, this morning, I want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit. First of all, I may slip from time to time, and I might say Holy Ghost. That's because I'm over 40, and uh, I grew up hearing that. I just want you to understand that when, in biblical terms, and Christians say Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit, they mean the same thing. They are the same thing. Uh, for those of you who are younger, when you hear the word ghost, all you think of is like Casper or a horror movie or whatever. That's a modern take on the language. Uh, back a lot when a lot of the old hymns were written, a lot of the um, theology was written uh, by people. The ghost was didn't mean that uh, like we mean it now, like a scary specter or whatever. And so you'll often find, of course, folks who are older than me, you will often say Holy Ghost. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But for the more modern audiences, we're more comfortable and used to Holy Spirit. I will try to say that over and over again. So um, I want to start with an idea, a careful idea of what it means to define Holy Spirit. 
You'll often notice, uh, notice too, as I often say, I try to drop the the as often as I can because as we become to learn, the Holy Spirit is God. And so uh, if I'm sometime by adding the the, 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 the of the, we uh, forget that Holy Spirit's a person. Now, Jesus himself used the word the Spirit, so it's not a bad thing. I'm just trying to help us in our understandings. And so the first mention of the Holy Spirit is pretty early on. You actually sang it this morning, and uh, I love it when the Holy Spirit does things. This is God moving. See, so Val and I, we're married. We've been married quite a long time now, and uh, we do live in the same house, uh, but we do not prepare with each other in terms of what Val's going to bring as songs and what I'm going to preach on. We don't plan these things. And so I did not plan that she would sing that song, Rest on Us, which talks about the Spirit of the God of the Lord moving over the water. So we start right away in Genesis 1-2. I believe Aldo has that one to show us. Genesis 1-2, and it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And now, uh, if you do know my, uh, if you will, my roster of sermons well enough, you'll know I sort of preached this before in a different way, and I do want to encourage you to understand uh, this. I think a great way to understand this, there's a secular musician, his name is Moby, M-O-B-Y, and he has a song called The Spirit Moved Over the Waters. It's an instrumental, and it's a beautiful uh, instrumental version of what it may have sounded like at creation. It's fantastic. I've listened to it. And this is the idea. It's the Holy Spirit of God that moves upon the face of the waters and brings uh, creation. Jesus speaks it into being, and it's the Spirit himself that brings it into being. So right from the beginning, Holy Spirit is present. Okay, so uh, it's not something added on later. He's not something brought later. He is there representing um, the, as part of the Trinity. So we also know from uh, 1 John 5, 7 that the Father, Jesus, and the Spirit are one. And that's what we call the Trinity. Okay, and now I don't want to take too much time in there because I could go half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half just talking about the Trinity. But this means the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are co-equal in authority, okay? Co-equal means there's no ranking. I know a lot of people think, well, Jesus prayed to the Father, so isn't he like below the Father, and then, then he sent the Spirit, so isn't the Spirit? That's not how it works in uh, the Trinity, and of course, we have trouble understanding that because we're humans, and we're obsessed with ranking and levels and power and all that stuff. We can't help ourselves. Now, that does not mean there are three gods. It just means that God manifests or shows himself in three different persons okay so that's we're getting doctrinal now now when someone receives jesus as their savior god gives them the holy spirit okay so we have that one there ephesians 1 i think we have uh verses 12 to 14 and then let's keep there keep it the 13 one it says and now you gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that god saves you and when you believed in christ he identified you as his own by giving you the holy spirit who he promised long it wasn't on, eh? It's okay? Are we sure? Okay, all right. All right, All right. good. Okay, so when someone accepts Christ as their Savior, God gives them the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, now, verse 14 tells us, the Spirit is God's guarantee. Another version says like a seal of, the, uh, a seal of it. God's guarantee that he'll give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Okay, so it's important to understand that anybody, what does it say? Anybody who believes in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's important as we go on in our conversation. There is not 
a ranking again. There is not some who have and some who don't have. If you believe, there's a fancy word called regeneration. Okay, it's a theological word, a Bible, a Bible study word. When you are regenerated, when you say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe that I'm saved, you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit. You are made new. Uh, we talked about it in 2 Corinthians. You're, all things are made new. Pastor Armory spoke about this last week. Okay, so the Holy Spirit now is within us. And the Spirit, He is the one who reveals Jesus to us, actually. He is the one that convicts us of sin. He's the one that tells us about righteousness and judgment. You can see that in John 16. He helps us show the need we have for Jesus. Okay? We read this from the words of Jesus. Jesus said this, In fact, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. He is referring to Holy Spirit here. Okay, this is what Jesus is saying. If I do, if I do go away, then I'll send him. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Okay, so Jesus himself seals this idea that it's the Holy Spirit is given by him to show us our need. And those of you who have come to faith in Jesus Christ have had that encounter with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit speaks to you in your deepest places, deeper place, mind and heart and soul and spirit all at once. He speaks to you and says, yes, this I am telling you, we're going to read it later, I'm testifying to you that this is true. This thing you understand or hear about Jesus, this is true. Okay? So finally, as we receive the Holy Spirit and we're living our Christian life, He then gives us the ability, we can talk about the power, to live the life of a Christian, to make Jesus our Lord and the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the Bible, and everything that we hear. Okay? 1 Corinthians 2.12 tells us, We've received, I have that one too up there, we have received God's Spirit, not the world Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Okay, so we receive God's Spirit. You're a Christian, you have it. You don't have to sit, please don't sit there and go, I don't know if I have the Spirit. You do. If you're a Christian and you believe it, you do. So then we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. We're not earning anything. We're not working towards anything. Level of responsibility or understanding before He shows us something. God has freely given to us and the Holy Spirit tells us. Now, the good news is, as we submit to the Holy Spirit's leading in our life, He produces good fruit, or the magical word we use is works. We uh, very famously, we're not going to put them up there, but very famously, the Bible talks about the gifts of the fruit, excuse me, of the Holy Spirit. Joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, patience, all those things, so on and so forth. That's the sort of fruit that we bear. That's the sort of fruit that grows in our lives when we let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. Okay? Then also the Holy Spirit gives us things called gifts of the Spirit. The Bible talks about prophecy and, and, and tongues and interpretation of tongues and gifts of faith, gifts of healings, gifts of miracles, gifts of help. All these things are things given to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit acts them out through us in our lives. So literally, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us on earth. Holy Spirit is God in us. Okay? Now I don't want to pretend that I understand all the spiritual, mystical mysteries of that. But when you come to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes within you. You are regenerated. You're made new. He is now in you. And those of you who are believers will know that. Let's look at what the Bible says about it. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. This is Jesus talking. And will do even greater things. We talk about that one a lot. Okay? But look, he says this, ask I will ask the Father, and He'll give you another advocate to help you. And He will be with, excuse me, He will be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Okay, so 
This is important now, especially as we get into modern times where some people the Holy, believe the Holy Spirit's acting differently now than he did when he first came in the New Testament. The, but Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit will be with us forever, and he's the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is like confirming what I was just talking about. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is telling us now he lives in you. Also in John, a few verses later, John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Okay? Now, those of you who are part of my Bible study group or have been listening well enough know there are two of my favorite words are in this verse. Two of my favorite Bible words. They're not very long or complicated words. Let's go through it again. The advocate, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you how many things? All things. And will remind you of how many things? Everything I have said to you. So when you're sitting there going, well, I don't know if I have everything the Spirit has for me. I don't know if I have everything the Spirit has for the church. The Holy Spirit will teach all things, and remind us of everything. We're not being shortchanged. We're not missing out because we're not part of that thing down there. We're not following that teaching over there. We don't whatever. The Holy Spirit has, will give us all things and remind us of everything. Everything. This is right after Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. This is right after Jesus' famous verse. He said, peace I give with you, not like the, purse gives, like the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. So when you're sitting there at home and you may be going through all this, don't let your hearts be troubled. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal it all, and he's going to show us everything and remind us of everything. So the Holy Spirit is power. We're going to talk a little bit quickly about baptism and the idea of being immersed in the Holy Spirit. On one occasion, it says the Bible, when he was, Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's it. And we know now the book of Acts, they start coming together to pray. Jesus also said to this, this to them later on. It is not for you to know the times and dates the father has set by his own authority. Power when the Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you see what happened was he'd risen now, and the disciples were all excited, and they're uh, talking to him, and, he, and they're like, "Okay, is it the end now? Are we taking over the world now? Is it the end times now?" And he says, "Don't get confused. Don't worry about those things. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you." Now. I say this at least four times a year, but I want to, I want to say it again. So the, Holy, the disciples went in the upper room. They prayed, and the Holy Spirit fell like tongues like fire. They began speaking in tongues. There was a great outpouring of miracles and wonders and all that stuff in Jerusalem at that time. And then the, that's where the church started, and the church just exploded from there. Okay, And so sometimes us as church and Pentecostals, too, we get a little bit messed up, and we think we keep on having to go back to the upper room. Okay? We always have to go back. Let's pray for 12 hours. Let's pray overnight, and then the Holy Spirit will fall. I get it. There's a temptation to do that. And I want to do that too sometimes. But we have the Holy Spirit. We're not waiting for him to fall again. He is in us. Okay? We don't have to perform a ritual for God to move in our lives or in our church. There's nothing wrong with praying for 12 hours or fasting and praying or praying overnight or, or whatever. Those are all good things. But they are not done so that something happens. 
In fact, we have the Holy Spirit. So if we're to follow Jesus' teaching here, he said, when you have the Holy Spirit, go be my witnesses. So if we are to follow led to the letter, what the Bible is saying is, I have the Holy Spirit, so now my only job is what to follow what Jesus said, is to be a witness, is to testify. So the question then is, what do Holy Spirit-filled Christians look like once you've received this? Jesus told them this in Mark. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And now listen. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Poison, excuse me. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After this, the Lord had spoken. He was taken up to heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Now, the temptation here could be, and some of my theological friends, this is where I talk about too much learning can get a bit too, where you have to have balance. Some of the theological friends will say, oh, yes, this is indeed true, and this is exactly what happened in the New Testament, and the disciples got filled with power, and they went out and spoke in other tongues and did miracles or whatever, and thank God that's how God started the church, but then it stopped. And it stopped. And they come up with all sorts of reasons, all sorts of excuses. And I would just suggest that probably one of the biggest reasons it's easy to be tempted to say that it doesn't happen anymore like it did in the New Testament is because we don't see it happening in our own lives and in our own church. But the truth is, all around the world, this stuff is happening right now. It's going on today. Maybe not here, and I believe it is actually going on here in some ways. But in many ways, it's happening all over the world. So what does this look like for us? How do we recognize it? How does this affect us? And this is where we're going to switch. We've kind of done the theological part. How does it, how does it affect us? How does it, what does it mean for us today? Well, I believe that the Holy Spirit can move in everybody's life. Everybody listening to me, you can be listening to me live on the day I'm preaching this or 10 years later if it's still up on YouTube. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. The Holy Spirit can use you to literally turn your own world upside down in a good way and to lead people to Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question. My parents will know who this person is, but most other people will not know who this is. I want to ask you at home. Have you ever heard of somebody named Flory Evans? Most of you probably haven't. I'm sure my parents have. They might have forgotten who I'm referring to, but they'll know once I start explaining who Flory is. In 1904, Flory was a teenager attending churches in Wales in rural Wales. That's where my parents are from. And she was a young lady who was involved with a youth group, just like a youth group like we have ours. And uh, although it was 1904 and 115 years ago, 116 years ago, whatever it was, uh, guess what was happening? Church was kind of boring for them. Uh, Youth group was kind of stale. Not much was going on. But the young people started to get a hunger for God, an interest in the things of God, much like we're seeing now during COVID times. And so they began to meet and go to church. And in fact, as I know this is going to sound crazy to people today in 2021, but Flory and her friends, they went to church every day. Every day. To pray and whatever. And so eventually Flory became a Christian, trusted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And so what happened? We know from what we learned before, she was regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to live in her and, and be in her. And so a week later, she was at a youth meeting. Actually, check this out. If you're young, listen, this is what happened. Actually, and you know what? I was just thinking about this when I was studying this last night. We used to do this too, even when I was younger. Don't know what happened to this, but 
They had had church, and church was over, but the young people stayed. To just sit and talk with the pastor and whatever, his, his name was Joseph Jenkins, and they were just talking, and he was kind of encouraging them and teaching them. There were 60 young people in the room. And so he asked a question to the group. He said, what does the Lord Jesus Christ mean to you? Right? And so immediately he got a good Sunday school answer. One of the young men said, oh, 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 uh, he's the savior of the world. And he said, yes, correct. I mean, that is theologically correct. And now this is where we see you can have a theological understanding, but you, you want to have a, a, a practical experience of the Holy Spirit in your life. The, the, the young man was right. There's nothing wrong with his answer, but that's not even what the pastor was asking, right? He said, what does the Lord Jesus Christ mean to you? The, he's the savior of the world. Yeah, he's the savior of the world. That's, that's true for the whole world. So he repeated the question. He said, come on now, what does the Lord Jesus Christ mean to you? And as often the case as anybody who's ever led a youth group like Val and I have, there was a long silence. <laughs> because none of them knew what to say to make, make him happy, I guess, or to just shut him up or to move on or whatever it was. As a just whatever. And now this Flory, who was saved a week before, newly regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I want, to understand, I want you to understand something. It's 1904. And they have churches like today where everybody can just get up and do whatever they say and whatever they want. It was, it was not normal for people to just stand up and say whatever they wanted to say. Much more so for a woman to stand up and say whatever she wanted to say. Much more so for a young woman to stand up and say whatever she wanted to say. And she stood up and she said this. I'm going to butcher it because it's Welsh. I know enough to say it. And she said, Rydwyn cari agroedd isigrist a hol galon. That's what she said. And in English, that means, I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. And you might think, wow, that's nice. That's touching. But I want you to understand something. That sentence put me in this pulpit. You have to understand that. Because that teenage woman who I'll maybe meet in heaven, hopefully one day, because she did that, because she stood up and said that one week after being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, I'm standing in this pulpit. I'm not related to her. As far as I know, probably not, based on where they're from. I know nothing of her other than this story. But that sentence, and not the ministry of Evan Roberts, started the, what's called the Welsh Revival. And because of that, and through years and other things happening, eventually once upon a time, my father's uncle got saved, my mother's family, my, my, my grandfather was an evangelist. Because of what happened in that regenerated heart and her saying one sentence in a youth meeting that none of us, how many times have you been in a youth meeting all your life with 30, 40, 50, 60 people? Because of that sentence, the Holy Spirit took that and it inflamed the entire country of Wales and parts of the world. And in fact, in my study, I've realized that the Welsh revival sparked is sparked 30 other revivals around the world. And that's why I'm standing in this pulpit today. And why am I telling you this? Is because I'm telling you that when, you, when we obey the leading of the Holy Spirit, when we do what the Holy Spirit's calling us to do, when he says, you know, I'll show you everything, I'll reveal everything, and I'll tell you what to say, you never know the results you can have. Do you think Flory thought, oh, for sure, I'm going to say this, and then 120 years from now, some young man in a country I'll never go to is going to mention my name? Do you think she knew that? Do you think she had any concept of that? I don't think she even cared. 
But that's what happens when you obey and live through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to look for something called the witness of the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at Romans 8.16. It says here, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay? So what I'm trying to explain is this. Give you the context of that chapter, of that verse there. Verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought you adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heir of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His suffering, in order that we must all show share in his glory. So if I was to like, maybe, I don't want to use the word dumb it down, but look for, for 21st century audiences, what this is saying is, the spirit keeps on saying to your spirit, yes, you are a child of God. Yes, you are a child of God. Yes, you are a child of God. And this is what you do. You're no longer a slave. We sing that song, right? Or we don't, actually. It's just a song I like that's on the radio, Christian radio. We are no longer slaves to fear. Because I am a child of God. Zach Williams, look it up. Okay? Because now I understand I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God, and I have no fear. And so that, that Flory Evans, she took that into her heart and she understood what it means. So she stood up in a meeting and broke convention and broke things in the way they really go and said, I know the answer. All I want you to know about what God means to me is that I love him with all my heart. So I want to ask you this morning, do you feel it? If you feel even the inkling of something, I'm asking you to call it out. As I often say when I preach, I don't care if you stop listening to me. I'd rather you speak call out to the Lord right now. He is testifying to your spirit right now. I know he is, and it's true. It can have a different effect on so many people. I was thinking about this. You know, when the spirit moves and I feel the spirit, you know, people say, well, it's not all about emotion. Well, sometimes it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know about you. When the spirit moves, I feel the hair on my arms stand up and the hair on my neck stand up. God moving in your life by the Holy Spirit can bring a smile to your face. It can bring tears to your eyes. It'll bring calm to your mind and a peace to your soul. And when you're moving and living out there in the Spirit, just so many crazy things happen. Crazy to us, but normal to the Spirit. You see it all over the place. It happens when you meet a perfect stranger in a city you don't know. And the two of you are talking in seven minutes. When you met, there was something. You, and what it was, it was, was that spirit testifying to the spirit. Saying, yeah, he's, one, he's a child too, and so are you. Val and I have lifelong friends from having met people in other cities. All because the spirit testifying to them, that's a child of God, and you're a child of God, whatever. It happens all the time. It can be a prompting or a prodding to say or do something that you weren't going to do to ask a question, to send a text to a friend. How many times has it happened where you just, somebody comes to mind, you call them or you text them or you whatever, and then they say, how did you know? How did you know? I didn't know, the Holy Spirit knew. The thing is, when the Holy Spirit really moves in our lives, in our hearts, in our churches, in our houses, <laughs> He brings change. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid about. You know, we sang in that song this morning um, where it says, when you, my heart, my, you make my heart pound 
when you fill the room. There's another fantastic song by Katie and Brian Tolwart, and they say something like, everything changes when you walk into the room. And now the thing, of course, is if we're a believer this morning, he's actually living in you. He's in the room with you, and he's calling you to experience the full measure of his love and of his mercy and of his grace and of his miracle-working power. There's, there's uh, one, to go back to Welsh Revival, there's an old, uh, old adage, Evan Roberts, one of the preachers from the Welsh Revival, had this four rules for revival, he called them. He said, you must put away unconfessed sin, you must put away doubtful habits, you must confess Christ publicly, but the third one, which I left to the end, was you must obey the Holy Spirit promptly. I like that one. What that means is, if the Holy Spirit tells you something, do it, and do it fast. You know, and I'm encouraging you in your daily life. We, you know, we, we, we've been going on now, it's a year now, right? Basically, uh, a year now since the pandemic pretty much started. Our lockdown started in March, right? And all that. And um, I guess uh, we could keep on talking about that till we're blue in the face and whether we're happy with it, not happy with it, what the problems are, whatever. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of, I don't care anymore. Because the power of the Holy Spirit can't be held back by any whether it's a virus or rules or whatever. And I'm not saying, well, we break the rules. That's not what I'm saying. We're very clear. What I'm saying is, even if we're in lockdown, in quarantine and curfew, you can still experience the mighty work of the Holy Spirit in your life, in your home, in your workplaces, in your jobs, in your schools, in your families. So we can't use, don't use it as an excuse and say, yeah, 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 yeah. When the pandemic's over, man, I'm going to get serious about this. I'm really going to plug in. I'm really going to go for it. I'm really going to live for the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Do it now. And I, by now, I literally don't. It's 11.34 a.m. Montreal time. Right now, I'm looking at this. So do it now at 11.34. Don't wait till I'm done talking. Don't wait till later because you've got to have lunch. Don't wait till well, first got to pray. Do it now. Say, Holy Spirit, show me. As the song said, come rest on us. Come rest on me. And he might say, hey, there's something I want you to change. There's something I want you to do. There's something I want you to go. There's whatever. Obey that prompting, understanding that even a simple sentence can change the entire world. You know, it's 2021. And so, is it impossible that in 2140, there would be some young man or some young woman in a pulpit saying your name about something you did in 2021. We say, well, no, I'm not, whatever. How do you know? Remember Flory Evans. We don't know. Those simple daily acts of obedience, again, we're going back to being utterly supernatural and being practical. Daily acts of obedience, daily acts of just living out the love and the... uh, uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit in your daily lives can change the future, can lead other people to Jesus Christ. So I don't know about you, but if your heart is pounding, if you're feeling, if you feel the, the hairs on your arms, whatever, you know, sometimes I feel, I don't know about you, but everybody has different experiences, maybe sometimes um, when the Spirit's really moving, I, I have this experience which I've only from talking to people I know who have been in battle, who've been in actual battle, 
when their, sh- their senses sharpen, they focus in on the mission only, and they, they s- are people who are very good athletes. They're able to focus in on only certain sounds and certain things they can see. I kind of feel like that too sometimes when the Spirit, I don't know, it's just whatever. Maybe you're in that position right now. Whatever it is, just welcome it. You know, sometimes, sometimes it'll be, as the, happened in the Bible, God moves in the fire, God moves in the wind, and we know sometimes he moves in the whisper, Right? I'm not asking you, we were talking about this in our Bible study group, I'm not asking you to be superheroes. You're not the Avengers, right? None of, nobody here, right, is a superhero. That's not it. And it's, 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 it's silly to call the Holy Spirit a superhero. It's, it's much, much, much more than that. He is God. And so he's this inexhaustible source of power, of grace, and of mercy that we have access to through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit so that he'll help you. You may say, well, I don't know how to deal with this problem. I don't know how to get through this. I don't know how to answer that. Holy Spirit, show me. Well, I don't know if he's going to help me with this. I don't know if he's going to let me do this. I don't know if he's going to, whatever. I don't know if he's going to show me the answer to this. What did we read before? Jesus said he will show you all things and bring everything back to your memory. I don't know if God wants, God wants to make a difference in your life today, not tomorrow, and tomorrow, I should say, but don't wait, of course, is what I'm trying to say. So today, I'm encouraging you to dig that well. If you feel like, I just, I don't know what it is to live and walk in the Holy Spirit daily, say, you, just open up your hearts to heaven, open up your hands to heaven, just lift your hands to heaven and just say, Holy Spirit, come rest on us, as we just sang. Come rest on me. It's, it's, it's not about what you're doing over there right now. It's not about what you're doing in someone else's life, but Holy Spirit, would you come rest on me and show me where you want me to move and where you want me to go. And I really believe that a people like that, as we all do it together, that the Holy Spirit will just help us to be true witnesses and testify to our family members, to our coworkers, whoever, and bring many people to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? I really do believe that. I encourage you to just keep on digging in to this idea. Don't uh, hold back. Don't uh, wait. I, I, I actually stewed on, I'll, I'll take a little more, more time. I stewed on this one a lot. I almost, <laughs> I almost went uh, with no notes. I almost decided to just talk. <laughs> uh, maybe I will next time. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Um, <laughs> God's funny. I'm looking at my watch right now. My, I have an Apple iPhone and an Apple watch. And, um, <laughs> yeah, God's good. Um, my, uh, what's, what's it called? The, the face? The watch face? For those of you who don't know, on an Apple watch, you can change the face of your watch. You know, you can make it look like a, like a speedometer. You can make it look like Mickey Mouse. I have one of those, whatever. <laughs> and, and I, inadvertently, you can change it by accident and I just noticed I wish I could get this on camera but I can't but the, the one that's showing right now is a, a consuming fire <laughs> I don't know if anybody can make that out but you guys who are here can probably see that see the spreading fire Ah, it's a small little maybe I'm reading too much into it but I like to see that as a prophetic message that when one or two people in a church get this it spreads like a flame across even during quarantine even during a pandemic it never stopped God before, and it ain't going to stop God now. So I'm encouraging us as a church, let's, let's go for it. Amen? Let's just pray that the, the well of the Holy Spirit will be 
dug up, flowing, whatever you want to say, in our lives. Because as the, as the word says there, you know, the Holy Spirit's testifying us, yes, this is what I want you to do. So I wonder if you just pray with me. Let's just pray as a church. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much, first of all, for Jesus, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you promised the Holy Spirit to us and that he's here with us now. And if we know you as Lord and Savior, if we've committed our lives to you, we know we have the Holy Spirit. We've been regenerated and made brand new. And he's going to show us all things and bring everything back to remembrance for us that you have taught us and what you want us to know. So, Lord, we believe as we know what you did in the, in, for, the, for the early church, Lord, and for even people today, Lord, the way you move in power, the way you move in might, Lord, we believe that can be our experience today, too. So, Lord, if any of us have anything in our lives, Lord, as we know the Holy Spirit, Lord, you convict us of, uh, Lord, convict us of sin, Holy Spirit. Show us, Lord, where we, we need to, to get things right. Help us, Lord, to be right with you, to be right with, um, Lord, with, with others, Lord, if we have to ask forgiveness. Lord, so that we might move in power and in, uh, Lord, in the good grace of our, Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we just pray right now for a move of the Holy Spirit, not just in my life, Lord, but in everybody's life, Lord, that we might know what it is, Lord, to see people saved, to see people healed, Lord, and to see people made brand new. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for coming again this week. We look forward to seeing you soon. Hopefully we're not too far away uh, from in-person meetings. But until then, we pray all of God's blessings over everybody. Don't forget about the online meetings during the week and for young people and for kids. We'll see you all soon. God bless.